The Evan Bray Show, the Roundtable of Justice. Every week we take a deep dive into justice, law and order, community safety and policing issues. More than just a headline of the story, this is a talk, an opportunity to chat with experts from the field. We learn a little bit more. I mean, community safety is important to everyone and these stories impact us. They impact our community in different ways. Well, policing has come a long way. I think about in my career, which was close to 30 years, the, even just the use of technology to fight crime, keep our community safe. It's been advancing at a rapid pace. From the old days, cops wearing buffalo coats, walking the beat, which was before my time. Deputy Chief Dean Ray might have wore a buffalo coat at one time. I'm not sure about that. But at the end of the day, where we are today, the use of robots, predictive analytics, advanced vehicle technology, it's absolutely amazing. About 12 years ago, I was at a meeting, it was a provincial policing meeting, and I ran into a friend of mine from the Saskatoon Police Service, Kerry Ruddick. Kerry worked up there. He talked about the fact that Saskatoon got an airplane. I said, are you kidding me? He says, no, we got an airplane. I said, so what do you do with it? And he says, well, there's two people in the airplane. One flies it, and the other one looks through binoculars and does surveillance and things. I actually thought he was joking. The reality is, that is how the Saskatoon Air Support Unit started. And you think about where we've come to with air support units in our province. Saskatoon has had their problem or their program rather for well over a decade. And, and in that time, they've been able to work through problems that they've had. And that troubleshooting that Saskatoon did was instrumental in helping the Regina Police Service stand their support air support unit up and and we've been lucky enough to to have that going in the city of Regina for just over a year. Today we've got two of the pilots on the show, Sergeant Wade Barassa, a pilot and a head of the Saskatoon Air Support Unit joins us. Wade, thanks so much for being here today. Good morning, you're welcome. And Sergeant Steve Wyatt, a pilot for the Regina Air Support Unit also is live in studio. Good morning. Thanks for being here. I appreciate having you both here. So, Wade, you, you heard my story there about talking with, uh, you know, Kerry Ruddick about the binoculars. That is how it started in Saskatoon. It absolutely did. It started, we rented an aircraft from Mitchison Flying Service, an old Cessna 172. They had uh, a, a set of binoculars and a, uh, you know, kind of a makeshift radio system. And, you know, that was a pilot project in 2005 and 2006 for a couple of months each summer and you know what happened? Even with, you know, the old human eyeball, um, they still found it incredibly effective. And it was remarkable. And it, and it spurred uh, what we now know as, you know, our full-time air support unit. So, Wade, you've been doing this now for quite a while. What drove you to step into the spot of pilot for the air support unit? You know, it's kind of, it's almost an emotional story because, uh, you know, years ago in my young uh, constable days, uh, some good friends of mine that I had known, we grew up on the same street together, um, they were victims of drive-by shooting uh, while investigating a crime. And uh, we ended up finding the vehicle that was responsible for that. And it led us on a, uh, you know, a real dangerous, uh, I'll use the term terrifying police chase that ended up in a field. And, uh, and, and it, was, uh, it was something that I'll never forget. And, you know, flash forward a few years, and when that aircraft, uh, you know, gets up and, and, you know, takes over and starts following that vehicle that, you know, we dealt with years ago, um, that was kind of a dream of mine because it was, it was almost emotional. And so um, every time we do that, and it happens nightly in Saskatoon, it still puts a smile on my face because we're keeping 
um, you know, our officers safe and, you know, the public safe while we do it. And so it makes me smile. That's, that's the biggest driving uh, motivator. Sergeant Wade Barassa, pilot and head of the Saskatoon Air Support Unit. Also with me, Sergeant Steve Wyatt for the Regina Police Service Air Support Unit. I remember you as a rookie, Steve. Now, I mean, you're a vet. You're a vet. You got uh, how many years now? About uh, 22. 22 years. You're a sergeant. But I know you didn't start out thinking, someday I'm going to be a pilot for the Regina Police Service. How did that evolve for you? Yeah, so for me, um, I was fortunate to be down in Los Angeles, California, about six years ago. I was able to fly with the LAPD Air Support Unit. And just getting airborne um, in their helicopter, something just grabbed me. And I saw the difference it was making to the uh, the units on the ground and uh, the efficiency that uh, they're able to hold uh, offenders accountable uh, in Los Angeles. And then fast forward about uh, five years, and I met a gentleman named Wade Barassa, and he was doing the same thing they were doing in a helicopter. He just called you a gentleman, Wade. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And he was doing it in a fixed-wing aircraft, um, exact same uh, flight uh, profile. And uh, Wade was uh, so gracious to uh, teach me. And that's really how I got into it, flying with L.A. and then uh, in conjunction with Saskatoon Police Service Air Support Unit. Sergeant Steve Wyatt, uh, my guest with the Regina Police Service Air Support Unit. So, Wade, throughout this conversation uh, for the next hour, we're going to answer and dispel a few myths. And I'm going to throw this one at you because I just heard Steve say fixed wing aircraft. The question that I used to get asked a lot when we were trying to develop the program for Regina is, why don't you use a helicopter instead of an airplane? Or what about a drone? Can you fill us in on on how an airplane is a good fit for our communities in Saskatchewan? Well, I mean, I don't want to, uh, you know, say helicopter is not a good machine for the job because it's a very good machine for the job. Um, but uh, an aircraft, uh, policing an area like what we have, um, we're not a multi-role aircraft. So we're not, you know, uh, lifting people out of a canyon who's broken their leg and they're very, very difficult to access. We're not doing medevac. Right? We're not landing. We're not inserting uh, police officers in hard-to-reach areas or anything like that. So, so the question remains, at the end of it all, if you're not landing anywhere and you're not doing any of those things, why do you need a machine that is capable of doing those things if you can do it for a whole lot cheaper? And so, you know, the question in the beginning was, well, can you do it with a fixed-wing aircraft? And the reality with today's uh, technology and the camera systems that we have available to us, um, you really can't tell the difference in the video between one captured with a with an airplane and one captured from a helicopter. And so, um, you know, go back to the cost of things. Why would you spend $7 million on a helicopter when you can spend, you know, half a million dollars on a fully decked out aircraft that does exactly the same job? Sergeant Wade Barassa with the Saskatoon Air Support Unit and uh, Sergeant Steve Wyatt in studio with me for the Regina Police Air Support Unit. So, are the I'll, Steve, I'll come back to you. The mandates between Saskatoon and Regina, you've worked with Wade lots. In fact, Wade was very instrumental in helping us set the program up in Regina. Are they very similar, the mandates? Yeah, I would say they're, they're very similar between Saskatoon and Regina. Uh, it's a bit of a bifurcated uh, program in the sense that we are supporting patrol operations, responding to 911 calls, uh, getting eyes on the scene, often instantaneously uh, within seconds, uh, holding offenders accountable, as well as on the flip side of that, also providing um, surveillance capabilities to our plainclothes unit. So uh, if someone is, uh, you know, we have a bit of an opioid crisis in Saskatchewan, mm-hmm. and uh, if we're able to hold these offenders accountable who are supplying these dangerous drugs uh, into the city, um, I think uh, community safety is um, much uh, much better off. 
We're uh, talking about the air support units in both Saskatoon and Regina. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, I want to talk a bit about the equipment, particularly the camera in both cities and, and how well that works. If you've had the opportunity to see any of the video posted online, I mean, it is incredible, and especially the night vision that we have. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Also, after 1030, we're going to open up the phone lines. If you have a question, one 332 8255 you can call in and ask your question. It is the Roundtable of Justice. Today's focus on air support units for both Saskatoon and Regina Police Services here on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. All right. The Evan Bray Show. The Roundtable of Justice. Every Monday at 10 o'clock, the Roundtable of Justice digs into community safety, policing issues, more than just a headline, more than just a story that you read in the paper. This is a bit of a deep dive. And so today's topic is the air support units for both the Saskatoon Police Service and the Regina Police Service. My guest today, Sergeant Wade Barassa from Saskatoon, who is a pilot and the head of their unit up there. Sergeant Steve Wyatt, pilot for the Regina Police Service Air Support Unit. Steve, tell us about the plane you fly. What is the plane? Yeah, so our our aircraft is a 2005 Cessna 182T. Uh, it's a fixed-wing aircraft equipped with a Westcam MX-10 camera system and uh, shot-over mapping uh, technology. Okay, now you got to break that down for us. The camera, that this sounds impressive, uh, but the camera is, I would say, an essential piece of this whole puzzle. It is. The camera is essentially the, the main component of the aircraft that we use for doing what we do. And so it's so sensitive, we can actually see at night a person flick a cigarette butt onto the ground. And so... When you uh, look at that, you know, someone trying to hide in a backyard uh, in the middle of the night after breaking into a garage or stealing a car, um, they stick out just a glowing, glowing uh, heat signature and we're able to uh, hold offenders accountable that way. So heat signature, tell me, how, how does that play with the camera system? How is it that you were able to recognize, you know, people over a tree, for example? Yeah, so anything that's warmer than absolute zero, which is minus about 273 degrees Celsius, has a heat signature. And so we're able to see, say, a hot person or um, someone who uh, a vehicle has been recently driven, the engine is going to be hot versus a car who's been parked all night in the winter. It still has a heat signature because it's still warmer than absolute zero, but it, it shows cold. And so we're able to determine, you know, if a car has been driven recently, uh, someone hiding under a deck, that sort of thing. Right. Sergeant Steve Wyatt is uh, one of two guests joining me now. Sergeant Wade Brassa with the Saskatoon Air Support Unit. Wade, your technology, your plane, very similar to Regina's? Yeah, very similar. Uh, you know, it's uh, our, our aircraft is a 2016 model, uh, so it's a little bit newer. It's got a little bit, uh, some of the uh, technology is a little bit different in, in terms of its avionics. But as a whole, the machine that gets the camera up in the sky is almost irrelevant. So, um you just got to get that camera up in the sky. And, you know, the one, the, the most interesting, uh, if I compare the equipment on the aircraft to your, to your iPhone or your, your smartphone, the camera is uh, a, a critical piece of infrastructure, but really what makes it um, very valuable is the mapping system. So shot over Churchill navigation. Um, the camera was built um, for the military environment. And so it's, it's at its core, it's a targeting camera. So, it will uh, find the exact latitude and longitude of a, a military target and then send that information to a weapon system. So it's incredibly accurate. So if you know if, if you have that camera pointed at the front door of Osama Bin Laden's bunker, 
um, and you send that information to a, a like a weapon system, it's going to hit within a meter. And so, so we instead of you know sending it to a weapon system, we send that information to a, a mapping system, and so that allows us to know every single address in North America um, if we point the camera at it. And so that's what uh, that's what really allows us to get on scene within seconds. You type in the address and you say go and the mapping system steers the camera right there. And Wade, you've been in, involved for quite some time, and you were involved prior to having this advanced mapping system. This has to have taken it to a whole new level. Yeah, for you, you, that cannot be understated. So in about 2016, we went from you know an, an older generation-style camera system. We were literally had paper maps on our knees in the back of the airplane trying to follow bad guys and stuff. Um, and when we went from the older style camera to this, you know, this current generation style camera, our stats, our effectiveness doubled. And then about 18 months after that, we got the mapping system and they doubled again. So the effectiveness of this technology has brought us light years ahead. Sergeant Wade Barassa with the Saskatoon Police Service Air Support Unit. In studio with me, Sergeant Steve Wyatt for the Regina Police Service Air Support Unit. So how does it work, Steve? Both units are, are the same. You're the pilot in the plane, but there's someone else up there with you. Talk about the teamwork that's involved daily in the deploying of the air, aircraft. Yeah, the air support unit is very much a team environment. So I am the pilot. I, I drive the bus, essentially, and that's it. Um, I have a tactical flight officer that flies with me on, on every flight. So there's two of us in the plane and the tactical flight officer handles the entire police function of that flight. So they are working the police radios. They're, they're, uh, using that camera, uh, the mapping, uh, software. They're talking to ground units, uh, providing updates to comm center, that sort of thing. And so really the tactical flight officer is, uh, really the critical piece of that uh, that flight and what's the training that's involved n not only for for you as pilot i mean obviously you've got to get your pilot's license but for the tactical flight officers as well yeah and so a lot of the the training for the tactical flight officer comes uh, on the on the job and it's like we uh, we hand them this uh, kind of uh you know very expensive piece of technology surveillance platform and uh say go <laughs> essentially and uh so uh through saskatoon police service they've helped us immensely with their tactical flight officers and with wade in teaching our tactical flight officers and myself how to fly that aircraft so i can put that ta tactical flight officer in the best position to make those observations and uh, it's really been successful and wade the uh, program in saskatoon runs the same way what if you can't fly what if it's uh, the weather isn't conducive for it what what happens then um sorry can you ask that again it just if the if the weather isn't conducive for the plane to be in in the air which i know is is rare but if that happens what do you and the tactical flight officers do with your time on that shift yeah so in saskatoon and i think much like in, in regina if we are for some reason unable to fly and sometimes that's maintenance um we redeploy back to patrol so um even if we can't do our job from the air we'll we'll jump in a police car and uh and, and, and do our best in that scenario. So it's pretty simple. We just redeploy back to patrol and, uh, and, and keep fighting the good fight. One of the things that I remember was a big topic of conversation. When we were at city council, uh, we were hoping to get the plane approved through budget. And, and Wade, by the way, Wade Barassa from Saskatoon, uh, was so instrumental in that. Wade, I've, I've mentioned this to you before, but it's worth mentioning on air, uh, how much we appreciate the, you helped us everything from the business case to the budget presentation. You even were, were able to do some of the budget presentation for us to help 
understand uh, the benefit that this unit has provided to to Saskatoon and to the area. But one of the big things that people were concerned about is the noise from the plane. Really, I think even the noise complaints that come in often aren't attributed to police aircraft, Wade, correct? Yeah, absolutely. So we kept track of our noise complaints, so people calling in, um, you know, concerned about the noise. And what we found over a 10-year period is that only 42% of the time we were actually in the air. And so they were actually complaining about other aircraft. And sometimes I, I recall one evening um, the military was over Saskatoon and they were, you know, doing some training. And we got 18 noise complaints um, that night. And I was at home in bed sleeping. And so um, that was very interesting to me. And then the remainder of the time when we were in the air, um, those noise complaints, 92% of those noise complaints, the leftovers, came from the same three people. And so when we dug a little d- deeper, we found out that, you know, quite a- those, well, two out of those three people actually had something to hide. One guy was a, a prolific metal thief and was uh, storing a lot of stolen metal on his property. And so I don't think he was concerned as much about the noise as he was being caught for stealing a bunch of metal. <laughs> and so um, that was very interesting to me how that notwithstanding, I'm, I'm sure there are some people, um, you know, still, you know, maybe uh, disturbed by the noise of the aircraft. Um, but we're 59 decibels at 4,000 feet. And so the noise of that, you know, you can hear the aircraft, but you can also hear birds chirping over top of the noise of the aircraft. So it tells you how um, you, you, it is discernible. You can distinguish it amongst the other noise in the environment, but the, your, your furnace is louder. Your uh, dishwasher is louder. Uh, cars driving in front of your street, it's louder. And so I, I think a lot of people just really don't like, uh, you know, in some cases, you know, the police. Sergeant Wade Barassa, the uh, pilot uh, with the Saskatoon Air Support Unit with the Saskatoon Police Service. Also with me today, Sergeant Steve Wyatt, pilot for the Regina Police Service Air Support Unit. We're going to take another quick break. When we come back, your opportunity to ask a question. one 332 8255 Have you got a question of either of the police plane pilots? They're joining us right until 11 o'clock today on the Roundtable of Justice here on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. All right. The Evan Bray Show. The Roundtable of Justice. Monday morning at 10 o'clock. The Roundtable of Justice gives us a chance to dig into a community safety topic or maybe a policing discussion. Today's discussion is the air support units for both the Saskatoon and Regina Police Services. I've got Sergeant Steve Wyatt joining me in studio from the Regina Police Service, Sergeant Wade Barassa with the Saskatoon Police Service Air Support Unit. Both of these fellows are pilots. And Wade, just before the break, you were talking about the height at which you fly, and the the reality is very, very few noise complaints that come in about the plane have to do with the actual police plane. Often there are other aircraft that are in the, in the sky. I do have a text here that I wanted to get to. Someone uh, texted in this morning saying that they live on Dufferin in Saskatoon, and quite often in the evening, between about 9 at night and midnight, they see planes doing circles kind of around the south end of, of Saskatoon, and uh, the, the texter and his wife get into a discussion of whether it's the police plane or it's actually pilot training. Do you have a thought on that? Yeah, certainly. You know, I think uh, I don't want to get in, in the uh, in the argument inside their household, but, uh, but I'll give a little bit of uh, information for both of them. So, um, you know, quite often it, it, it could very well be us. 
um, the, the police aircraft, but it, quite often it's uh, students doing their night training, so especially depending on the time of year. So right now it's still dark out, uh, the weather's appropriate, and so they'll, uh, they'll go out and they'll do their night training. So what I mean by that is those are pilots learning how to fly at night, and so they'll do their takeoff and landings, and then they, quite often they, they zip out over the city and will you know, just um, practice flying at night uh, over top of the built-up area of the city. And so that particular area is suitable because it's out of the arrival flight path um, for a lot of the runways in Saskatoon. So they'll, a lot of aircraft will go into that area to stay out of the way. Um, one thing I'll mention is that we're typically flying at 4,000 feet, um, which is which stays out of the way of all of the other small air traffic in the city. So any other um, small airplane coming and going from Saskatoon, they're going to be below us. And so what's interesting to note on that is all of those aircraft, they don't have a, a silencing system or a muffler on their aircraft, and we do. So we're, we're usually about 1,500 feet higher than those aircraft, and we have a muffler. And, and so quite often they might look up and see us but hear the other aircraft. And so it's... Uh, it's complicated, but it, it certainly it, it could be us, and it could be the students doing their training. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. If you have a question for either of the pilots for the police service air support units in either Saskatoon or Regina, Jeff from Regina texted in. Steve, I'll throw this to you. Was there ever any consideration of investing the capital and budget money into a fleet of drone strategy that could be carried in the trunk of a police car and deployed with little cost? Uh, versus the large capital expenditure and the ongoing budget costs of a plane. Yeah, for sure. And often when the topic of drones comes up, it's it's phrased as kind of an either-or, either drones or a fixed-wing aircraft. And in my position is they complement each other. And so the Regina Police Service certainly does deploy drones. Uh, however, there are many advantages to having a fixed-wing aircraft uh, for patrol operations. Just the speed in which we can get eyes on a, on a scene or a house with the aircraft um, without needing a judicial authorization such as a search warrant, whereas a drone, if I want to fly a drone over, say, someone's backyard, I can't do that without a search warrant. Um, whereas an aircraft, uh, we're governed by the Canadian Aviation Regulations, as long as we're legally flying that aircraft, I can fly over uh, any any backyard and, and have a look or a farmyard, and I don't need to spend hours writing a search warrant. So there are pros and cons to both. I think drones certainly complement fixed-wing air support. Uh, it's not an either-or um uh, debate. I think they're, they're both very useful in, in modern day policing. So just building on that, uh, Wade, I'll throw this one uh, just up to you, but uh, another question, basically people asking it, it, like, is it legal for police to be watching from the sky and can they see me in my home? Uh, you know, I smile at that question because I've been involved in budget talks and we've had to answer that question, but it is one that people ask often. Well, absolutely. I mean, everybody has a, uh, right to privacy, an expectation of privacy, as it were, as they call. And so you know, as long as you're in public airspace, so I'll, I'll compare that to a police officer standing on the sidewalk in front of your home. Um, they're allowed to be there, and they're allowed to make observations from there. Um, if, if they don't have a, uh, uh, a, a righteous reason for going onto your property and into your home, um, then, then they shouldn't be there, and, and they can't be there. And so... Uh, if you're the comparison of the fixed wing aircraft is we're above a thousand feet and that's the that's the barrier that's the line in the sand so if we're above a thousand feet over top of a built-up area that's equivalent to the police officer standing on the front sidewalk of your house so as long as you're above that now if you're below that thousand feet now it's equivalent to the front you know the police officer standing on your front door and and peeping into your 
your front window. And so, you know, that's, that's the comparison I'll draw. And so as long as we have a, you know, a rightful expectation of privacy and we're in public use airspace, um, then we don't need that warrant that, uh, that uh, Sergeant White talks about. Mm-hmm. Sergeant Wade Barassa with the Saskatoon Police Service Air Support Unit. Sergeant Steve Wyatt with the Regina Police Service Air Support Unit. So, Steve, uh, we were just talking off air briefly about uh, a call that you had. In fact, you had a couple of them involving a vulnerable person. I'm wondering if you could tell that. I think it's a great example of a of a non-criminal call where you're not looking for a suspect who's committed a crime, but really working on trying to help a, a vulnerable person. Yeah, and we've been fortunate to be able to assist in several of these in Regina, as Sergeant Barassa has in Saskatoon. Uh, and often the attention goes to the police, you know, like the car chase or the foot chase, that sort of thing. But what we don't talk about a lot is, say, vulnerable people who we are locating on a regular basis. We had a call where there was a young lady who was uh, suicidal. And uh, she'd left the city and we were able to locate her uh, quite a ways, about 15 kilometers away from the city, out on the grid road uh, with the exhaust from her vehicle being pumped into the driving compartment. And we were able to direct ground crews to her safely and get her out of there to the hospital, saved her life on, on that day. And then we fast forward about three weeks, we did it again, found her at a different location with the exhaust pumped into the driving compartment of her vehicle, got her out uh, to the hospital, saved her life that day. And then about a month later, she phoned us and said, hey, I'm in a much better position now than I was, you know, in those times. You saved my life twice. I wouldn't be alive today if it wasn't for the RPS aircraft. And mm-hmm. so how do you put a price on that, mm-hmm. saving that 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 person? Um, it really hits home, and it's something I'm proud uh, that we can offer to the citizens of Regina. It's amazing. Wade, Wade I've seen uh, so many of, of your success stories over the years. Um, any that you want to highlight uh, in when it comes to vulnerable people? I know you had a, a young child, for example, that you, you were involved with. Yeah, you know, we've, we've, uh, we've rescued a lot of people in that type of scenario, but you know, you know, the one you speak of, you know, was last summer, I think it was in about in August, and it was just north of the city, and so it was, uh, in kind of the Rostron area, a five-year-old, uh, young person, he was autistic, um, he was nonverbal, uh, he was not dressed, he was just in a diaper, no shoes, no clothes, and he, uh, you know, he, he's slippery, right? And so he, he got out of sight of, from his parents, and, uh, and this was late at night, and, uh, he disappeared, and so, after a couple hours of not finding him, um, the RCMP called us, and so we went over into the Rossner area. And about 45 minutes later, we found him almost two kilometers away from his house, um, in the fetal position, curled up in a ball in the middle of a, in the middle of a bush. And so, you know, five years old, no shoes, no clothes, almost two kilometers away in the middle of the darkness. Um, how on earth can anybody expected to find that person? They, they, he was way further than anybody thought he would have gotten in terms of, you know, the the analytics of how far a little person like that could go. And, uh, you know, we were able in 45 minutes to search, you know, nearly 100 square kilometers with that aircraft and bring him home safe. And it's so dramatic. I can I can just picture that radio transmission as you're directing the the officer who's walking through the tall grass to where the young fellow was was laying down. Um, I mean, it it sends chills and it absolutely is, is life-saving. On, on the other side, on the criminal side of things, uh, this is also a game changer. And I would suggest enhancing safety, Wade, not just for the public and the police officers, but for the suspects as well. Would you agree? A hundred percent. So um, the aircraft provides a de-escalation path for, for police. And so that allows us to let the offender or the, the suspect in this particular case or any case um, to, to really just calm down, right? So when you see, when you see in your rearview mirror 
lights and sirens and a, and a, a train of police cars behind you or bearing down on you, that really has a, a significant effect. And so, you know, even just a couple of nights ago, we had that scenario, and and they, they ran in a car, and our ground units were able to back off, not chase, and about, you know, three minutes later, the, the offender calmed down, they parked their vehicle, they walked away, and they walked away into a house. But what they did was they, uh, I don't know how they got into that house, but they ended up hiding on the roof. And, it, and because the aircraft saw that as well, we were able to, you know, direct and de-escalate that situation, bringing them off the roof. And it allowed police to get into that house and protect the citizens um, uh, who were in that home. And, you know, quite often, you know, more than you think, um, we're actually knocking on the front door of somebody's house saying, there's somebody inside your house, ma'am, we need to come in. <laughs> and wow. the aircraft found them going in their house. I'm just going to turn it over to you, Steve. Uh, example of, of a story involving um, a crime response uh, in the next... 30 seconds to a minute. Yeah, just very briefly. It kind of hit home for me when we uh, had a fellow who, a uh, prolific car thief, and he evaded our patrol officers, took off in the car, driving, you know, 120 kilometers an hour through the city, very dangerous. And we didn't chase him. We just followed him from the sky with the airplane. And he was cutting ditches and uh, going through alleys. And uh, he ended up parking the car and running to a nearby waiting getaway car. And we uh, arrested him out of that second vehicle. And it hit home for me after he said to the ground crews, how did you catch me? Because I did all the things I do to get away, no one was following me, and uh, we we watched him discard a, a firearm. We recovered co- that, and for him, he was shocked that we were able to follow him and bring him into custody safely without uh, putting that uh, you know that police chase at high speed pursuit. We didn't. There was no pursuit involved. It was very mm-hmm. safe for him as well as the public and the police. So it really tied it all together. It's outstanding. We're chatting today with Sergeant Steve Wyatt of the Regina Police Service and Sergeant Wade Barassa of the Saskatoon Police Service. Both these officers are pilots for the air support unit in each of their cities, and that's what we're featuring today on the Roundtable of Justice. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back to finish up. Still a bit of time if you have a question, one 877 right here on 980-CJME and 650-CKOM. The Evan Bray Show. The Roundtable of Justice. Well, we are talking about air support units for both the Saskatoon and Regina Police Services. I've got Sergeant Steve Wyatt from the Regina Police Service, a pilot for the air support unit in Regina, and Sergeant Wade Barassa, a pilot and uh, part of the team for the air support unit in Saskatoon. And I want to go to Ian, who's on the line from Saskatoon. Ian, what's your question? Uh, first of all, thanks for what you do, gentlemen. Um, I have a question with, I don't want to give any uh any ideas to criminals, but um, in Saskatoon and Regina, how are you guys affected when you're up in the air and trying to follow somebody or do your your work by the uh, incoming and ongoing commercial air traffic to the airports? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. I'm going to let you take that, Wade. Yeah, uh, it's a really good question. Um, so typically, you know, they're coming in from, you know, you know 20-some thousand feet, and they, they just transition that 4,000-foot mark um, for for just a short period of time, and and you know we 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 watch for them. Tower points them out to us. We often just get out of their way. It's very rare to have a conflict where we need to be in a location where they are. And the only time that I can speak on that really, where it, it ha- it's had a significant effect. Years ago, we had a uh, an active shooter in Saskatoon in the Copper Mine area, which was you know about a kilometer final um, for the active runway of the day. 
And in that event, there were 50 shots fired at police and in the neighborhood. And we were the only unit that was able to have eyes on that property so that if he left, the police could do something about it. Um, and so in that particular instance, you know, we redivert, we took over the airspace and rediverted air traffic to other runways uh, just because of the public safety effect. So it's pretty rare for us to take over like that. Um, but in dire circumstance, that's what we'll do. Sergeant Wade Barassa with the Saskatoon Police Service Air Support Unit. By the way, Wade, one of the most important questions I have to ask you. I want it that way. But we I mean, this was a big part of your career, too. You are a feature star in that lip sync battle that Saskatoon Police Service did. The first thing out of my brother's mouth was, I'm not surprised. <laughs> and so, you know, dropping my kids off at school, I was like a celebrity. I was like the Backstreet Boys. He's Everybody. the guy, by the way, if you watch the video, he's the guy that flips his visor up in a, you know, confident <laughs> manner. Um, Steve, I, I want to just, uh, we're, we're very short on time here. We're almost done. But uh, you do, uh, you have the opportunity to promote policing and the air support unit in a variety of different ways. But you do some post-secondary teaching as well. Yeah, I'm fortunate to uh, be an instructor at SAS Polytech in the Justice Studies uh, program, a very good program, and our students are tuning in today uh, getting real-world uh, policing and correction experience in Prince Albert, Saskatoon, and Regina. And so uh, hopefully they're, they're enjoying the content. Awesome. Well, this, is, this has been great. Wade, I, I said it before, but I'm going to say it again. You have, you have changed the face of policing in Saskatchewan through some of the groundbreaking research you've done on your time with the air support unit there. You were instrumental in Regina getting a unit. Um, just wanted to let you know how impressed we are with you, your leadership, and what you've done, not just for Saskatoon, but for province-wide safety. Thank you for that. You're welcome. And, and Evan, I'm, I'm, I'm humbled, and I truly appreciate your comments. Thank you. One and, thing I wanted to mention is, you know, throughout this uh, program here, I've been updating a couple of videos to, to X, Twitter, at SPS Air One. And so hopefully we can continue the conversation with your listeners uh, on our Twitter profile. That's always a good way to interact for sure. And uh, Sergeant Steve Wyatt, thank you so much for uh, for coming in. Uh, you're actually president of what? No, I am the assistant deputy director of the Airborne Public Safety Association for Canada. Well, fit that on a business card. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, yeah. but the, I mean, you know, what this speaks to is, uh, you know, these officers, both uh, Sergeant Brass in Saskatoon, Sergeant Wyatt in Regina, uh, not only take their responsibility as police officers seriously, but really uh, overall enhancing safety in our in our province, but our country as well. So, Steve, thank you for uh, for joining me in studio today. Uh, is there a good way for people to interact with you, maybe through the RPS website? Yeah, and we're uh, usually uh, releasing videos on the RPS uh social media platforms for sure right so if people have continued questions don't feel uh shy you can always interact with them or shoot them in into me here as well and we can pass them along as well round table of justice today featuring air support units for both saskatoon and regina police services it's been a great discussion we're going to shift our focus back to ukraine and more on the efforts that are happening here and we're actually going to speak with someone displaced from ukraine in saskatchewan when we come back right after 11 You're listening to 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.